Come on, let's entertain the presence of the Lord in this house today. Hallelujah. Come on, let's entertain the presence of the Lord in this house today. Nothing else matters today but touching heaven and heaven touching us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, all my soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's allow the Lord to move today. Come on, let's allow the Lord to move today. Jesus, we bless your name. Jesus, we bless your name. Jesus, we bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many today you need God to answer a prayer? You need God to do something, whether it's for you or for a friend or a loved one, but you want God to move today. Amen. It's imperative. It's imperative that we praise Him today. Hallelujah. It's imperative that we praise Him today. Hallelujah. It's imperative that we praise Him today. Hallelujah. 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 God, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to receive this morning's tithe and offering. Amen. Brother Miles, thank you very much. Amen. We're going to march and give this morning. Um, Brother DeMaria, if you'll come and receive these, that would be great. Amen. That's everyone march today. Uh, we'll pray and, and then we'll march. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. God, we thank you for your blessings on our church. God, we thank you for what you're doing with us and through us and for us. God, I pray today that you would move in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Let's march and give. If it ain't one thing, it's another, isn't it? Amen. We uh, had our computer go out. Uh, I don't know what caused it to go out, but um, I don't know if we're going to have to buy another computer. But So the lights are ran by the computer, and uh, we got to get all that rigged up. So I do apologize for the lights not being at quite Broadway. Uh, stage today, but uh, we'll get them there. They'll be ready to go by Wednesday night. Amen. <coughs> if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 3. Amen. We'll read verse 16 and 17. Um, amen. I don't know. David, do you have those verses back there? Most of us could probably quote these verses, um, but a lot of times we get hung up right there. And uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God, here's the amazing thing, for God 
sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten God. And this the condemnation. The light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh into the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, and that they are wrought in God. For just a little bit today, I want to teach, preach, preach from this topic, God gave. God gave. Amen. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord. We ask that your word would speak to us directly today. And that your instruction, O Lord, would talk to us directly in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, here he is with the outline. Praise the Lord. There are some sins that we want to do. And there are some sins that we don't want to do. The truth is, hold on, I'm getting dirty looks. I need to turn the air conditioning off. Is anybody else cold? Well, try moving seats. Oh, Jesus, help me. I, I can't even preach. I can't, e- I can't even preach. God, help me. There you go, princess. It's off. So there's sins that some of us want to do, and there's sins that some of us don't want to do. But the truth is that we all sin. You are sitting next to a bona fide professional sinner. You're sitting next to a selfish jerk. Some people would rather the whole church get warm and the preacher get warm than to sit there and to be freezing cold. Some people are up here working. She's not even smiling. She's, the looks are still coming. We're sitting next to selfish people. We're sitting next to people that prefer themselves over their brothers. Everybody in here, I can prove a point right here, right here. This week at some point, if you drove around the Memphis Metroplex somewhere, there was a person standing on the side of the road that had a sign. 
that said, I need money, please. How many passed one of those people this week? How many passed one of those people in the last month? All right. Y'all ready for it? When you saw that person standing on the side of the road, you said to yourself, just like I've said to myself, they need a job. Why are they going to stand on the side of the road and ask me for money when I'm the one with the job? They need to get out, and they need to go get a job. Kayla, you ever done that, thought that way? I'm not going to give up a dollar for you. I'm not going to give up 25 cents for you. All right. So my point is still going on. It's just an ongoing point. Now, you know the Bible says that if we pass somebody that's asking for bread, that we should give them bread. Well, Brother Herring, all they're going to do is take that dollar and go buy some booze. They weren't asking for booze money. They said they needed food money. Now, whether they take the food money and make it booze money, that's on them. But the Bible says that if they're asking us of bread, we're supposed to give it to them. But the reality is, in the world we live, the reality is it's not food money. It's booze money. But our response to that situation, we didn't even consider giving them a dollar because our response in that situation is really simple. Dude got stuck, didn't he? (laughs) Jake thought it was great. I don't think Joe Carter knew he was stuck. But the reality is the Bible tells us specifically that if somebody's asking for bread, that people of God should give them of their bread. But I say that Not to say that you were selfish because you did not give the man a dollar because you perceived that it was going to booze money. That's not why I'm saying you're selfish. What I'm saying for you were selfish in was in your your collective bargaining in your brain of why you were not going to give that man money. And it's because I have been out working all week long, burning these roads up, and this man's going to ask me for money. Huh? How about somebody I know was on a roof not too long ago, and while he was working on the roof, somebody asked him for money. And I heard from the horse's mouth that he told that man, you need to go get a job. Yeah. That's okay. But the truth is, if somebody's asking for food money, we need to give them some food money. Now, Brother Heron, they're going to go buy booze. Okay, I'll give you some advice on how to get rid of that person. And I could tell you, I could tell you a story. One time I told this man, I was in Columbus, Ohio. I told this man, he came up and asked me for gas money. I said, now let me tell you something. If I see you go in that store and buy alcohol, I'm going to chase you down. And I'm going to make you give me that beer back. And he didn't think I was serious. And so I gave him money. Remember this, Holly? 
I gave him money. He takes his gas can. I see him walk right past the gas station, walk right into the liquor store, and I'm driving. I'm like, oh, no, he did not give me that money. I pulled up in the parking lot when he walked out. I said, hey. Give me that beer. Give me that beer. He's like, it took off running. He didn't give me the beer. He just took off running with that beer. He was, he was petrified. But people are selfish. Just as we are selfish not to give, they are selfish not to work and expect us to give. Somebody say amen. When's the last time you just took somebody out and said, you know what, just for no reason at all, I'm going to buy your meal? I'm not talking about your wife or children. When was the last time you just you were at the store and you were buying a blouse and you thought, you know what, Sister Paige was buying a blouse. She said, you know what, Sister Sister Herring would love this blouse too. We're gonna I'm gonna get her the same blouse and we're gonna be matchy matchy on Sunday. <laughs> when was the last time we preferred somebody and we said, you know what, I'm not gonna get these shoes. I'm not going to buy these shoes for myself. I'm not going to get those sweet ostrich shoes for myself. I'm going to buy them for Brother Coulter. When's the last time we did that? I ain't bought shoes in a while, but we need to get to the point where we are considering others before ourselves. Now, fathers, all the fathers in here, dad, Brother Zach, you're going to find this out. There's, there's a switch that gets flipped when that baby's born. Now, I can't speak for a mother. I've seen it firsthand, but there is a, a switch that gets flipped when that baby's born. Nobody has to beg you to get up and go to work anymore. I remember stressing out when Holly was pregnant and thinking, my God, I can't play Xbox no more. My God. I got to go to work. There was a switch that flipped in me. And when before, maybe I might have been a little lazy. Maybe I might have been late for work. Maybe I, I might have not considered all my options. But when she got pregnant and, and that belly got to showing and it got real. And I got to begin to realize that, uh-oh, we got a baby coming. There was a unselfish flip switch in me that flipped when I realized my life now is not my own. My life is all about them babies that I'm going to have to support. And even when that baby was born, that baby was born, that still happened. I didn't begin to stay up late at night holding them babies. And you wake up in the middle of the night, and the mamas, they know all about committing their lives to children, their children, their life becomes a life of unselfishness because it's all about them babies. There was a man one time that had really long hair. It was like down to his back. And uh, he asked me one time, he said, Brother Heron, you want to know why I don't cut my hair? And the ponytail long to the back. And I said, yes, sir, I guess I'd like to know he said, I'd do it for them babies. I said, what babies do you do it for? Them babies that got the cancer. I said, you mean locks of love? That's why you have the long hair? He said, yep. 
I said, well, brother, don't you think they need that hair? He said, you got me on that one. The reality is he liked the ponytail, and, and, and he wasn't doing it for them babies. He's doing it for himself. But sometimes the excuse of I'm doing this for my children, I'm doing this for my children, the reality is there are some things that we're doing for our children, there are some things we're doing for ourselves, but where we've got to get as people is we've got to get the eyes of God that said, for God so loved the world that he gave. And that is the hard transition. Everyone in this church is very faithful in their giving. Everyone in this church is a blessing to this church. But there are times even when our commitment to a church becomes selfish. What do y'all mean? How many, how many say, well, that's my church, right? And we want our church to look good. It's even me, even me. I want our church to look great and awesome and incredible. But there are times when we 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 bury, and 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 I know we're a new church, and some of you are gonna be like, I don't I don't know what you're saying, but Aaron. But there are times that we bury too much money here, and we're not sending it out there. And out there, they need it. See, I've preached in churches that don't have air conditioning on the foreign field. I get to sleep in the United States of America every night. And there are people that are sleeping in in huts to preach the gospel. And, you know, there are some sacrifices that I need to make so that the world can be changed. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Now, we are a giving church. We are a loving church. As Sister Herring said last week, I believe it was, she thanked y'all for blessing the Andersons. But the reality, there are churches bigger than us that have more money than us that missionaries come to, and they walk out of that church with the same amount of monthly support as they walked into that church with. And it's because they've got to to keep it all in-house. Somebody say amen. God gives us a perception here in the text. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Brother Herring, do you believe this as the plan of salvation? Yes, this is a part of the plan of salvation without a doubt. It is not the complete plan of salvation, but it is the beginning. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God has never been one to condemn, but that the world through him might be saved. We see a perception that God, there are two steps to seeing a world change. The first step is to give yourself completely to your world. The second step is not to be one that condemns. Have you ever been around somebody, Brother Justin, that made you feel bad? I've, I've got a friend of mine that, that, that pastors not far from, uh, it's a different state, but 
I got a pastor friend of mine, and every time I'm around this pastor friend, he makes me feel like I am a spiritual, that I'm not even spiritual. I mean, I, I promise, he, there, there are times that he might as well just say, you know what, the other day I, I walked out onto my pool and I walked on the water and I crossed the pool and I, you know. And, and I remember as, I, I remember as, as, a young, as a young child that my, my, my grandparents, they were real. They were pastors, right? They were real people. And I, I, it's hard for me to process. And it just everything's spiritual. They, they saw 72 angels last week. And, and Abraham came down and had shared a Big Mac with them. And all these amazing things. And, and, and then it's like, and, and what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, you know, uh, well, I picked some kids up. And uh, we got donuts. And then. We all went to the Mexican restaurant after we, afterwards, and then everybody got diarrhea and puked. Uh, and I don't know, I, I think we had a bunch of people, I don't know, who we didn't have any visitors at church, and nobody got the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, oh, well, that's okay. That's God bless your heart. And I got to realize him this week as I, as I was just processing through this sermon, and and I'm out there working and busting my tail and, and, and all these other different things. And I'm not home and I'm getting depressed because I've not been able to kiss my wife on the cheek for a couple of days and not seen my kids. And, and, and I'm realizing that living for God is not about other people feeling bad. When I get around people, I want them to feel good. Can I ask you a question? If you get around somebody and you make them feel bad, why in the world would they ever want to be around you? Why in the world would they ever want to come to your church? Why in the world would they ever want to hang out with you? Why in the world would they ever want what you want, what you got? How many just know people that, that and I, now I'm getting off preachers onto people. We've all grown up in Pentecost, so we all know people like this. People that they just, they're, they're, their poo has no scent to it if it's not roses. Okay. They are they, they are the 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 perfect of perfect. They've they've never and if if something's happened, it's never been their fault. They've never done anything wrong. Like I, I've got family members that they just mom I won't mention any, any names because my mom might listen to this on online, <laughs> but ne- this never, this never done anything wrong, and yet she's been hurt by the church over and over again, and gone through and this and that, and I'm I'm just like, I, I, but I don't understand, Mom. You, you never did any anything, never. One thing that was kind of, you, you didn't even gossip about this particular situation. And the preacher got so mad because you were causing such problems in the church that he kindly came to the house. He didn't even do it publicly. He kindly came to the house and asked you to never return to the church again. 
but you didn't do anything wrong. He just just pointed you out as a particular you you didn't call the headquarters. You you didn't call 47 people in the church about that situation, but you didn't do anything wrong. No, Lord, no. It's it's he just he's the hireling. He just he doesn't he doesn't have heart of shepherd. I'm not gonna put this one on Facebook. This one's we won't put this one on Facebook. Probably needs to go on. <laughs> and and I'm just like, come on, really? We're not. We we, we can't process all this stuff. And she's like 103 years old now. I mean, she's not. I'm joking. She's in her 60s, and she's still. How many's ever read the book? How to Win Friends and Influence People. You, you, everybody needs to read this book just once in your life. It's a powerful. You can go. You can listen to it. I think you can listen to it on YouTube. How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> well, long story short, the opening couple chapters of that book really gives you an insight to people, and people have a unique way of arranging life to where they feel better about themselves. They arrange life. People would rather live in a perception than in reality. So what I'm saying today is this, that we are going to rub shoulders with people that are going to make us feel bad about ourselves. We are going to rub shoulders with people that never see any fault in themselves. We are going to have to interact with people that it's their world and you're blessed to be living in it with them. We are going to have to live our life connected to these people, just just the other day, just the other day, I was getting ready to leave uh, Virginia, and I had a person that works for me that I asked to be back by a certain time because they had some checks, and I was going to bring the checks back, and they didn't want to drive back in 30 minutes and then have to drive back 30 minutes, so it pushed me out an hour or so more but they didn't even process the fact that 30 minutes, let's gauge 30 minutes to 13 hours. But it was his world, and I was just, you know, just hanging out in it. And so what I'm saying in all of this today is that God gave and the world he did not condemn. He gave himself as light into the world, and so we have to use that model as that's how we are going to live. We have to be giving people, and I'm not talking about finances only. I'm talking about life and time and and smiles and friendliness. But on top of that, people must not feel condemned. The Bible specifically tells us that people will condemn themselves by their rejection of the light. 
that is very important for you to understand. People, we don't have to condemn anybody for anything that they've ever done. We don't have to look down on anybody for anything they've ever done. The Bible says that they will condemn themselves by rejecting the truth, rejecting the light. So if they're going to condemn themselves, then why do we have to condemn them? We do not. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he is teaching good today. This is good stuff. So as apostolics, as Pentecostals, as what I feel we should be the leaders, because I do believe we have the fullness of truth. I do believe we have a good grip on on the fullness of truth. But what I do feel that we lack as a whole, as a body, is we lack the concept of John 3.16. God gave and God did not condemn. God loved and he gave and he did not condemn. As apostolics, we got to get that down. We got to love, we got to give, and we can't condemn. Now, the Bible says, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they were wrought in God. The Bible says, he that doeth truth. There is such a, there is such an amazing disconnection in our religious world today that we think because we believe truth. Uh, how many ever heard somebody say, I know the truth? Baptism in Jesus' name, infilling of the Holy Ghost, uh, separation from the world. I believe it, right? Believing it is different than doing it. There's people that may believe truth but not do truth. But the Bible says that truth must be done. That's what I just read. And so we've got to do truth. And truth has to be an expression of who and what we are. Now, I want to ask everyone a question and we're not you don't have to answer it out loud but I want to give everyone just some time to process a couple things today my first question to you brother David is you don't have to answer it you don't have to answer it you can if you want but it's best if you don't brother David have you sinned this week best not to answer it What did you do, Brother David, when you sinned? Still best not to answer it. Brother David, did you ask God for forgiveness after you sinned? I hope you did. Still, we're we're just pretending Brother David had a perfect week. Okay. That's good. Now, Brother David battled all week long. Working and marriage and all these other different things. And he sinned and messed up. And 
his whole week, Brother David, your whole week was about Brother David and Sister Maya. Look, how many's ever just said, hey, I'm just trying to get me saved? I'm a pretty big project myself. Just trying to get me saved. All right, now, same concept, okay? Sister Holly. So I know you sinned this week. The question here is not, have you sinned? Of course you've sinned. Have you repented? You didn't repent to me. <laughs> you can do that afterwards. Don't worry about it. Have you repented? Okay, great. But our mindset has to shift from I'm just trying to get saved to I'm giving my life to others around me. I love people enough to where it's not just about me getting saved and me getting to heaven. It's about me connecting, giving, making others have a pleasant experience and I don't even want to label Pentecostals. I want to just label Christians as a whole. I just want to label it as a whole. And so the, 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 new, the new norm of question is, have I given of myself this week? Not did I sin, did I repent? Yeah, those need to be in there too, but have I given of myself this week? Have I loved properly this week? And have I made other people feel there's hope and not condemnation this week? Have I expressed God this week? God gave so that we can have this, but we have to give so they can have this. I think people like our church. You know why I think people like our church when they come? And I could be wrong. I think they like our church because when you walk through the door, I hope, you don't have anybody doing your shopping. I, I hope we don't have those people. I, I think I ran all them folks off. <laughs> Everybody kind of smiles. I didn't run anybody off, but uh, everybody smiles. And we understand that we all live life. Now, y'all know I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I like perfection. Do you know what I mean? And God is just teaching me, and God is just helping me, and God is just showing me that, hey, you know what? The church, the church appearance doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, that roll-up door kills me every time I look at it. I wish that thing wasn't there. But but the, that doesn't have to be, this doesn't have to be perfect. But this, the body, the people, the unity can be perfect. We can achieve that. And so I want everybody to write this down. And we're going to be talking about this. I want you this week, I want you this week, everybody, to buy a coffee, 
It doesn't have to be a coffee. It can be a sweet tea. For someone outside of your spouse, your loved one, someone you work with. And just show up. Don't ask them. You know what they like. Just show up and bring them a coffee. Or tea or sweet tea. Or say, hey, I'm going to buy lunch this weekend. Don't, don't do it for a bunch of people. Do it for somebody that wouldn't do it for you. Uh-huh. So that rules me out, Brother Coulter. You, <laughs> but you can buy me other things if you'd like. Do it for somebody that, you know, maybe even thinks they're better than you. I don't know. Maybe somebody that maybe they need it. Maybe they're going through something. Do something for somebody to where when they receive it, they say, okay, that's great. You know, if the greatest thing in life I've ever done is preach good messages, it's just not enough. Or 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 made fiscal contributions. My greatest accomplishment in life has got to be that I have altered the lives of others. My expression of God's love has to be a changing factor in other people's lives. It's really good today. We don't hear enough teaching, preaching on this subject, and I'm, I'm going to actually cut it off because this was kind of my introduction. It just went a little longer, and I'll pick this back up. But we're going to talk about effective 